Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Would you like to contribute to the conversation? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition conversation was in. Jay Talking with Bradley Jay. I listen to morning with the sun up on BZ. WBZ News Radio 1030. I tune my radio to AM 1030. The radio's all yours now. I talked to a man whose name is Bradley J. Improved my mind in a wonderful way. I just called in to see what condition conversation was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition conversation was in. WBZ, you're live. We're live midnight to five. You're Jay talking. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we have five hours, five delicious hours, which you can hang out, uh, chat, uh, get to know you a little bit better. Uh, usually in the first hour, we have a guest, and that's no that's no different today. Laurie Day is our guest, and she is a member of an organization called Birth Strike. And you know that I speak to you a lot about reducing the population as a, as a fix for many of our woes, like the big pile of plastic in the ocean and the parking problem and the uh, there's, a, there's a finite amount of folks that the systems of the earth can tolerate and I firmly believe we've exceeded that by a lot and I say the way to fix it is to kind of ease back on uh, having babies all across the, the world not just here, we're actually doing pretty well in the United States there is a global organization called Birth Strike and you can get an idea of what they're about from the name. Hashtag birth strike, by the way. And we have Lori Day here to talk about. It. How you doing, Lori? I'm doing well, thanks, Jay. All right. Birth strike. Take your time, by the way. The the more detailed the answer, the better. We have all kinds of time. So what is birth strike? Birth strike is it's a movement. It's a um, deliberate um, act of rebellion toward um, in light of the severe ecological crisis that we are facing, um, and a profound uh, inaction on the part of government to mitigate this disaster that's been coming for a long time. Uh, and, you know, people say that as an individual, the best thing you can do to help the climate crisis is not to reproduce, um, not to bring another person onto this planet with a carbon footprint. Um, and so there's a group of people that are raising their voices uh, to say enough. And um, let's not have more children uh, and bring them into a world where they're going to suffer and um, make things worse. So this is kind of sad for you because you love children. I do. I really love children. You have eight children, if I'm not mistaken. I do. I have one daughter, a young adult daughter, uh, and I actually went through many years of infertility and IVF treatment to get her. Uh, I so you worked hard. Worked very hard to be a parent. wasn't not able to have more children, so I just have the one. Are you a good parent? 
think I'm a good parent. Like on a uh, scale of one to ten. Uh, I don't know. I'd maybe give myself a seven. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. You're probably really thinking eight, and you just would be <laughs> you were being humble and said seven. That's good because a lot of folks I don't think they have that kind of confidence. You also more proof you like children is that you're involved with them educationally. Your job, right? Yes. Uh, I'm an educational psychologist, and I've been working with kids uh, in schools and as a consultant for more than 30 years, kids and families. So this must be kind of counterintuitive for you to to get to this severe place. It's not that you don't like kids. This is tough for you. It's a big sacrifice for you. Uh, you actually feel that we've gotten to a place that is so horrific as far as the condition of our earth and its systems that something needs to be done and this is the well this is the a strong way to make a statement and maybe get something done now is the goal of birth strike to simply protect the un the unborn or the future folks from the awful fate of being here or is it to create some sort of change or both well i think it's both all right can you talk a little bit about the protest angle like the the way you could create change through birth strike how does that work how hopefully would it work so it's still a pretty new movement uh and i think kind of in the way if you if you analogize it to the me too movement um you would see um perhaps women and men you know going to a woman's march and carrying signs about um, sexual harassment, for example, and the hashtag MeToo. And so birth strike is similar in that respect. People uh, will protest. They will go to um, climate marches, uh, such as Extinction Rebellion marches or the Youth for Climate Strike marches or any other climate marches. Um, and one aspect of the overall solution is uh, to bring fewer people into the world. It seems the phrase climate change doesn't have much zing. It doesn't seem to motivate. So don't you think it needs a new phrase or word? Because people go, climate change, climate. Eh. Right. People don't get it, right? Right. Well, I'm hearing a lot more terms like ecological crisis or eco-collapse. Um, Even words like eco, like they have this hippie smell yeah. to them. We need an, an entirely new phrase. Well, Jay, what's your suggestion? I, don't, I can come up with it, but uh, you, I'm sure that there's some marketers in this group of yours that need to think about a new, more severe, edgy word. Because mm -hmm. ecology, it's, doesn't it feel 70s, 70s-esque? It does, I guess. <laughs> and it, and it, it carries with it kind of a feeling of hippiness, which doesn't, it's not a problem for you, but folks will dismiss you because of it. I, I read in the uh, materials that personal responsibility doesn't work. It's not enough. Right. Is that, that's, that's true? Well, it is true. Uh, whatever one individual person could do is nothing compared to what we need corporations to do and governments to do. Okay. I am, I do th feel like personal responsibility is the first line. And if, I mean, corporations only survive because we vote with our dollar, we do certain things. And if, if we can control corporate, corporate behavior with our dollar, so I feel like personal responsibility 
individual action still is something to to give importance to. And you need to go beyond that. And how are we going beyond that? How do we go beyond yes. personal responsibility? Yes. Well, it obviously starts with that, and that's what Birth Strike is about. But hopefully what that does is brings more attention to the problem and uh, shakes people up and gets people to, um, to, to vote the way they need to be voting and donate the way they need to be donating and put pressure where they need to put pressure. Okay, can you give folks an idea of how broken the earth is? Uh, people go to work, people go home. They drive down 128 to work, drive home. Maybe they drive up to New Hampshire. And it's just pretty much the same. Don't notice any big changes, I guess, because even though relatively it's happening quickly, it's still kind of slow and easy to miss. What's, what are some examples of how broken the earth is? So... Gosh, wasn't it just a couple of weeks ago that the report came out that there's a million species that um, are going to be going extinct very shortly because of human activity in addition to all of the other species that have died because of us. I don't think if you're in your car driving to New Hampshire, you see that on the side of the road or anything like that. A lot of folks don't care if they can't see it. They don't care about a million species. How do you reach them? The people who don't care about all of the species, you have to understand how all of the species and all of the systems of the earth are connected. And as you start breaking those connections, the entire system fails. Uh, I'm concerned with how we get people to care about science again and believe in facts again. Um, because for some reason, that's been politicized. And I also think that the internet and social media have sort of... Uh, how do I say, I guess, democratized expertise. Um, and so you have a lot of people who think that they know more than all of the climate scientists of the world. And how do you get through to people like that? Uh, I think we all wish we knew. It seems like you're appealing to everyone's intellect. And I don't think that's going to work because... Then let's appeal to their pocketbooks. Okay, good. Good okay. to talk about that. So economies are going to be contracting. Um, there's this notion of threat multipliers. So with global warming um, come the storms, the fires, the sea level rise, the disease, the threat to food supplies and water supplies. And then after that come what we're already seeing, which is migration mass migration of people. There are going to be a billion people displaced. So the crisis at the border is in part caused by climate crisis. Hey, that sounds pretty good, right? Climate crisis. Climate crisis, in part. Uh, that's definitely part of what happened in Syria. Uh, and that is, it, it's not something in the future. It is something that is happening now. Yes, it's, uh, this article mentions nine out of ten seabirds have plastic in their stomachs. Yep, whales are dying. You see all the whales washing up on the beach in California. And humans managed to wipe out 60% of animals with backbones between uh, 1970 and 2014. Yep. We're wiping out bees. How are we going to feed people when we can't pollinate crops? All right, and is it the hope that not even children will reduce the population, or is this merely a statement to try to make people notice? 
like I said, it's both of those things. Yeah. It's obviously a statement to try to make people notice. It's it's genuine uh, just fear of what life is going to be like 50 years from now, 70 years from now. So you bring children into the world, uh, and they're going to have incredible hardship. Uh they're, you know, the future children of the world are going to have to live with much, much smaller carbon footprints than we do. Uh, and we have to, those of us who already have children, raise them uh, with a diminished type of future compared to what we ourselves had and to make sacrifices we ourselves haven't made. Okay. Just two people talking. And carbon footprint is another word that is like... It's just going to turn people off. This is me giving you, I talk to the people you need to talk to all the time. Mm -hmm. Carbon footprint, click. Their brain clicks right <laughs> off. Carbon footprint, yeah, right. Bunch of Cambridge hippies. That's, you're going to lose them. Yeah. Try to think of Joe Sixpack, what Joe Sixpack worries about and appeal to that. And he does worry about his wallet. He worries about his freedom. Mm -hmm. A couple of things. His football. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. His beer, right? I don't know we if climate change will have, <laughs> Right, right, right. Like, weed's going to be really expensive. Yeah. Or the price of beer will skyrocket. There you go. Exactly. There it is. Gas. All Your beer stuff. has got, you know, will have paraquat in it or something. Like uh-huh. Uh-huh. Tell me about the founder of this organization. Uh, Blythe Pepino founded the organization. Uh, she is in London. Um, she and her partner were, uh, you know, just deciding that they just didn't feel they could bring children into the world. And, you know, when it's so bleak. Uh, and so I think she felt like people need each other. People need other people to talk to, to support them in making this decision. Um, when I'm participating on Facebook in, you know, with other birth strikers, uh, they're all talking about, how do I explain this to my family? How do I answer questions about this? You know, my mother is so disappointed. She wanted to be a grandmother. Um, and I actually came into the group not as someone without children, because like I said, I have one, but uh, because she's not going to have children and she's my only one, I won't be a grandmother. And so I'm watching other women becoming grandmothers, and that's a future I always thought I would have, and I'm not going to have it. And I've gone from absolutely grieving that to being incredibly relieved that I will not have to worry about grandchildren. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...on this earth surviving me and uh, not being able to protect them. The other day I actually did. I was walking down the street and I saw a little kid and I felt bad. I thought, oh, you poor kid. You just don't know how nasty your world is. And then I saw a poor old guy. Actually, I, f I, f I thought about this person that most people would think, poor old guy, and I thought, lucky you, poor old guy. You had a great life on a great earth, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we only get a particular amount of time, but you had a good segment of time, and that kid that I just saw, he's got, it's kind of gonna be kind of nasty for him. Not only environmentally, but 
college, the cost of college education, everything, things do seem to be falling apart. And inability to buy a house, yeah, tough stuff. Yep. So how, any idea how the act of not having children, even en masse, will motivate or twist the arms of corporate America and corporate world to change their behavior? How, why would they care? Well, in America right now, we're at 1.7. We're 1.7 um, children per reproducing couple. Right. So we already are not replacing ourselves. And there's a lot of panicky articles I've been reading recently about who's going to take care of all the old people, who's going to do all the labor, you know, the workforce is diminishing and all of that. And so um, I think there's a lot of people that are concerned about uh, us becoming like Japan, you know, uh, a graying society where we just don't have enough tax dollars from people who are working to support infrastructure and, you know, the aging boomers and and all of that. And so um, I, I think that it's going to get attention in that way. So you'd like to see the earth cleaned up so we can have more people? No. <laughs> okay. I think, I think we need to adjust to a new reality. Uh, I'll tell you a story. So uh, recently, my husband and I uh, were on vacation with my parents, who are in their 80s um, and live in Georgia. And I was talking to my mother about Birth Strike and about the book I'm writing about climate change and just about the changes that they're going to have to be in the future, you know, like not being on cruise ships like the one we were on and not flying so much. And, you know, we hop on planes all the time to do whatever we want to do, driving all over the place. And my mother said something like she just could not envision society going backwards. But if we don't go backwards as a as a species, we will not go forwards because we will die. And so, so you want to have fewer people or have them behave better? And don't say both. Don't say both. <laughs> uh, I would be. I would say it would be fine to be at a replacement level of of two. I don't. I'm, we're at seven point six billion on the planet, so technically we're at one and a half times carrying capacity of the Earth. So science, already. If, if you believe in science, science has d determined that the number of folks on the earth that the systems can tolerate and regenerate enough is we're at, we're at 2.5 did you say so it's like three we're at we're at 1.7 now we're not replacing ourselves no okay. not america but the, not the united states but the, the total number of people on earth that can the earth can really support is okay. about three billion right so three or four billion is it, okay about what it, it is. I mean, we could continue to have more more kids so they can, you know, continue to support the old folks and pay for Medicare, or you could kind of bite the bullet and kind of drift back on the population. And that's where I'm at, drifting well, back on the population. You don't have to take any real extreme measures. You simply, here's my, you want to hear my, my plan? I, yeah, I'd love to. Tell this to your boss. Number one, pay people. To start, get sterilized. You want to, you want three months salary, th three months of the average salary in the country you're in. Go ahead and get sterilized. Here you go. Thing number two. Make sure that all religious leaders say, yes, contraception is good. <laughs> Have changed that all around. Because mm -hmm. those two simple things could at least bring things to zero growth, if, even if you don't drift back. I've long pitched for a rollback in the rate of population increase. And there's some people 
that have a, an organization called Birth Strike, and they're they're doing the same thing. They, they pitch the same thing, only for a sort of different reason to raise awareness that the Earth has fallen apart, and it really is more than you know. We're going to go to Floyd in Ohio now. You ready to talk to Floyd? Sure. Okay. Lori Day is with us from Birthstrike. Floyd, what's up? Hey, good morning. Good morning. So I have uh, two things that I think. Uh, I think I've seen or heard, read last week or so, that the growth rate in the United States is kind of slowing down. Um, I could be wrong on that aspect. Also, I was wondering if this is like a worldwide initiative. Um, or is it just up to the United States to depopulate, you know? It is, a, it is worldwide, Floyd. Laurie, why don't you tell them about the, the organization's headquarters and where they started? Well, it's not really a headquarters, but it started in London, spread through the U.K. into Europe, uh, and now it's in America and Canada. And it's still a pretty young movement, um, but it's very quickly becoming global. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Um, is there an office in India? There's, there's no physical offices. Um, yeah, okay. It's a hashtag movement like Me Too is a movement. <laughs> um, well, there, there's one, one or two things that will depopulate. There's nothing like a good war will help depopulate the world. <laughs> and also, um, Soylent Green. I don't know if you're familiar with Soylent Green. The movie. Are you? Yes. Yes, that, that might be a solution for the uh, food shortage as well as um, population. Exposure. Thanks, Floyd. Appreciate the humor. Before you go, Floyd, uh, yes. do not go because we've been trying to find you. You have PSP. Oh, I'm here. You have PTSD, correct? Yes, yes sir. I certainly do. Okay. Now, there's a, a listener, a very concerned listener named Jenny, who a couple of weeks ago, she told me about this therapy for you called EMDR. Oh. And that, that is, yes, e, write it down if, you, if there's a way you can write this down. If it's pretty, okay. pretty effective I'm treatment. And I'm only interrupting this topic because we don't hear from you very much. And it's Jenny wanted to get it to you, and I, and I get it. You're, you have PTSD. Okay, I appreciate that. E-M, I that. like mother, D-R, stands for Eye yeah. Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. Now, I'm not going to. Did you write that down? Do you have access to look that up online? Yes, I, I get, I got, I get, I get the initials. Um, okay, jot it down. Beautiful. Um, I really do appreciate people looking out for me out there. I am grateful. We, yeah, Jenny, in particular, cares about vets, and uh, I'm happy to facilitate it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank if you, you have any questions, much. if you have any you questions, know. I can uh, another time facilitate. Uh, I can get for more, more okay. information. I'm going to try to have a guest on this too. So thanks, Floyd. Oh, thank you, sir, very much. You guys, uh, thank you for the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Have a nice morning. Okay, Laurie Day, we have Ted in New Jersey now. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Birth strike. Most of us know in the back of our minds that this is not the world that we grew up in. It's getting worse. And at some point, it's not going to be worth bringing kids into the world. And birth strike says this point has been reached. And uh, we have Ted in New Jersey. Ready, Laurie Day, birth strike? Ted, Hello. Yes. Hello. Thank you very much for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I appreciate what you're saying, and it has a valid. There's a lot of validity to it, validity to it. But the issue I have with is just the, the overall pessimism. I, I've I, I am more of an optimist because you talked about that people cannot 
buying houses. They can't go to college. I mean, first of all, why are these people paying all these hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to college? Why don't the, the colleges lower the price a little? I mean, the, the reason why it's so high is people keep paying it. They need to yeah. restructure that. I mean, that, but, but I'm buying a house. I happen to be a realtor. And the reason why a lot of people can't buy houses is because they allow these towns to create zoning laws that they can't buy, you know, less funded houses. Right. But people could change all this. I probably like, shouldn't have. I probably should have not. Have, I should probably should not have brought the college education and the housing into the picture because that's not really what birth strike is about. Birth strike is mostly about the environmental. Uh, well, the environmental can be dealt with also because you look at worldwide right now. The United States does more than many of these countries. I mean, if we ever put AOC's Green Deal into effect, which I don't think will happen because many Democrats voted no. We wouldn't have any uh, commerce. These other countries are going to ignore it, like China and India. They're not going to pay attention to this. Uh, you, you know, the, the big problem, and I concur with you, is this plastic dumping in the ocean. I mean, that, that's, you know, plastic was a big phenomenon in the 50s and 60s. But now it's becoming, it's it's convenient, but it's becoming a curse because you can't you can't get rid of it. Nobody wants it buried in their backyard. Yeah. But, you, you know, know you, you, I, I am, a, I'm, a, I'm an optimist because, look, we should have more children because they're a blessing from God. I, I'm a spiritual person. and, and I'm not a religious, but I'm a Christian. But, you know, if you study the dialogues of the way we're supposed to have offspring and raise them, we teach them the right way. A lot of people are living, they're not living life the right way. They're not respecting other people. They're not giving. They're taking too much. And if people had more humanity and more benevolence toward each other like the way they're supposed to be it wouldn't be as bad you have such hoarding and such greed and just of all people you know they just they they, they take more than they need and you know children are a blessing even if they have problems they they are and and i'm just an optimist i i you know i hope i remain and i hope i can convert you a little bit but you, you do make some sound valid points i can't say they aren't there so when you're, do you look at I'm sorry, go ahead. Ted, you're an optimist. What is it that you feel in your optimistic view that, that can happen? In the best of all possible worlds, what do you see happening? How do how does it get fixed? All right, concerning the environment? Yeah. All right, well, it's very simple. What they should do in places like California, they should build more reservoirs or more aquifers where they can store water, but environmentally, they won't let them do that. In other places... They can't let them build in floodplains. They just can't do that. As far as, um, you know, the animals being uh, extinct, they have to educate people on the ecosystem and how it works. And if you keep eating all of the fish in some areas, you're going to do away with a lot of the uh, environmental value of what they do. And I think that it's like anything else. It's like alcohol. You tell your teenager, all right, if you have a beer, okay, but you don't go drinking a six-pack. You don't drive your car. You have to educate people. I, I think people are hungry for knowledge. You know, we, we, you know, since you want to say Genesis or whenever man started, he's not a fool. I mean, people are not foolish. They, they do, they make mistakes, they make bad choices, but they're not fools. You know, I, I got to go ahead and disagree with you there. People are fools. I'm sorry, what? I think people are fools. Like a significant bunch of, of folks on the earth, maybe half, are fools. Well... I don't. You say people I mean, aren't I, fools. I, I don't know, man. I see a lot of foolish well, stuff going think, on all I the time. Think, yeah, I think they're unwise. I think they make bad choices. I think that uh, 
There's a lot of it. Look, look at look at let's go back even hundred years. Look at World War One and World War Two. Look at the havoc that was wrecked on on the environment. But look at the havoc on humanity. I mean, they tried to knock out a whole religion in in Europe. I mean, look at that. Millions of people killed. That doesn't happen anymore. I mean, and there's genocide in countries, but there's a humanity to that. Europe is very humanistic. This country is is very benevolent. So that's why my optimism. It's not like we don't have Mussolini, we don't have Hitler, we don't have Tojo in Japan, we don't have uh, you know leaders like we had in uh, North Vietnam. I mean, it, it's calmed down a lot. I mean, the young, it all started in the 80s when the, the Russian kids wanted to get blue jeans. You know, they just. They turned down Bresnan and these guys. They said, wait a minute, hold on. We want to party, too. Hey, I know, Ted. So I, I, thank you for the answer. And now I'm, I'm stuck for time. But thank you so much for, for calling us. Well, you're very welcome. And, uh, you know, I'll talk to you next week. You're a super-duper caller, Ted in New Jersey. Okay? We good? Yeah, you keep keep going. Good right day. on. Thank, thank you, you, Ted. Thank you. And I'm, let's go to the break. And Laurie Day from uh, Birth Strike. Uh, we'll talk to you a little more, and we'll talk to Ed and Worcester, and then uh, at the top of the hour, we, we'll be done, and then we'll get to something fun like grab bag or something like that. Ed and Worcester, you're next. Ed's the only person on hold, so there's room for you. 617-254-1030-WBZ. What are you talking about? You read me? You may find yourself wide awake in the early hours of the day, and you may find yourself locking your radios on to Bradley J. WBZ News Radio 1030. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Soldier, do you know who's in command here? Yeah. We gotta talk. Well, when can we talk? Over there is a very capable radio. 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 Get me someone on the other end of that radio. It's Bradley J, you know. Bradley J. J talking. You hear him talking on your radio. I can hear you. WBZ News Radio 1030. It is WBZ, 1247. Birth Strike is with us. Laurie Day of Birth Strike, a local representative. It's a movement. It's like a hashtag movement. They don't have a building. There's no. Is there a website? Yes. There is. So you can, is, can you join? Uh, there's, you can join on social media. You can go so to the you, website for information. All right. You don't contribute to it? I don't think so. You just kind of, no more than you would contribute to say, hashtag me too. Exactly. No contribution. It's a, more of an awareness. And the action being taken by birth strikers to say, you know what? It's time. It's here. It's now. The earth is too busted to have children. It's not a not a fit place. For man or beast, not going to have kids anymore. Maybe, folks, they say maybe you would want to take the money that you would put towards a child's education, put that towards fixing the earth. You know, it's got to become a priority. In order to become a priority, it has to be awareness, and this is the very first step of awareness. It's too bad we're so far down the line, down the path of no return, to, but we are. And I know I'm speaking on behalf of you a lot, Laurie, so let me be quiet. <laughs> you did a good job. You, do, you, do the, you fill in the blanks that I left. Fill in the blanks. About... Did I, if there's anything I didn't cover, go ahead. Otherwise, we'll go to Ed and Worcester. Let's go to Ed Okay, and Ed. Hi, Ed. Yay, how you doing? Fine, um, Ed. First of all, I, 
I agree with your point that, you know, there there are a lot of foolish people. We are pretty selfish uh, uh, organism after all, so we do foolish things for ourselves. And while I agree that there's way too many people on Earth probably at this point, it has a huge impact on the climate. I'm not so sure about the birth strike movement. This, to me, doesn't make any sense. Is the goal within a couple of generations not to have any people at all? Because that seems to be what would happen. And my second question would be to Laurie. Um, if you were, say, diagnosed with a terminal disease, but you were able to get treatment to, um, to, to help it, to cure it, would you, even with a young adult daughter that you had mentioned, not get that treatment? Because, you know, there are too many people. It wouldn't be the better thing, based on what you're saying, is just to sort of pass away. And is another plan maybe to just sort of shorten the lifespan of people? So there's three things there, a lot to unpack. What was the first one? Oh, yeah, the first uh, the, one, what's the ultimate goal, to have no people? That was the question, right? Yeah. Is that it's what is the ultimate goal? It's not to have goal? no people. It's to what have, is the ultimate goal? It's to have fewer people, and certainly until we get the situation under control, we've really got to reduce the number of people we're bringing into the world. So fewer people and raise awareness. Uh, and the last thing he was talking about, I think, basically is is what we do with resources, and in particular medical resources as people are getting older. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to be sitting here talking about death panels and such, but um, I think it's it's pretty clear that resources are finite, and the hit upon our resources is only going to get worse as time goes on, and we have lots more natural disasters to deal with and potentially wars breaking out and so forth. It's only natural that we're not going to be able to um, continue putting the kind of money into um, extending lives to ridiculous lengths that we do now. Okay, so at least a partial answer to your question on whether or not part of the goal would be to not take treatment, the answer is yes. Ed. He was asking me if I would personally not take right. treatment and, if I if I were ill. a good point. If, if your goal is, is to reduce the population, would you forego... Like if you had pancreatic cancer with a 7% chance of survival, would you just say, you know what, uh, there are an awful lot of people here, I'm going to do my bit and just check out? Oh, I definitely would. Oh, what, what, well, what if you had a, you know, breast cancer with an 80, 80 or 90% chance of, of uh, you know, recovery, then would you still go through with it? Or would you be like, well, it's really too many people and I've got a disease, if I don't treat it, then I'll just, I'll just pass away. Well, I mean, I can only answer for myself personally. I'm not going to make that kind of decision or, for, you know, for anybody else. Um, and it is a personal decision. Um, I'm at a stage in my life right now where um, I still feel like my daughter needs me. Uh, and I have always thought to myself, gosh, if I live to be, you know, 70, 75 years old, um, and then something happened, I'd say, hey, I had a good run. I don't need to be 80. I don't need to be 90. I don't need to be 100. Easy to say now at your tender young age. <laughs> I'm going to well, be. That's what I'm saying. So it seems a little bit <laughs> hypocritical when you're saying that, you know, we, we need to have less people. But when the opportunity comes up for you yourself to make that decision at a younger age, say, you know, 40 or 50 or whatever the age may be, that's where the selfishness comes in. says, oh, well, you know what? That This isn't for me, really. This is for the other people and other generations. Hey, Ed, that's exactly the kind of question I would ask. But then hopefully someone would say to me, it's kind of different. There's a difference between not having a brand new person and not treating an existing one. I, I do well, think that, I, I do think that's it's kind different. Of, it's kind of a sub substantive difference. Um, I also it, think it is, but the same goal. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm also like, a supporter I, of of I euthanasia. Your, I enjoy your uh, spirit there, Ed. I like the question. <laughs> no, thank I, you very much. You, you guys have a great night. Okay, this is kind of fun. I like that guy, Ed.
Let's go to Chad. Chad and Hangover and Hangover. Chad Hangover Mass. What's going on? Hey, how you doing, Bradley? Good. And um, your other talk show uh, girl. I am. Um... Okay, let's go to Paul and Bill Ricker. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul and Bill Ricker. I know we came to you quickly. Okay, uh, this this topic, I got a, a real together guest, by the way. So thanks, Paul. Okay, listen, uh, my son was married in 2004, and uh, he, he'll be 42 uh, this year. But uh, along the way, I asked him about grandchildren, and you know what he said to me? He said, if I can't give you what you gave me, I'm not having any. Hmm. That's nice. Well, well. How do you feel about it? Pleased that your child was so well spoken. Yes. How do you feel about it? I'm okay with it because uh, you know another caller, previous caller, mentioned pessimism and optimism, Mm -hmm. and I'm uh, I've been accused of being a pessimist most of my life, but I said I'm I'm not a pessimist. I'm not an optimist. I'm a realist. I think pessimism about the environment is realism right now. Well, and I, 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 I'm happy. Sure. I just want to say I'm happy that you're supportive of your son um, because when I joined Birth Strike, um, at that point it was mostly young women who were making the decision not to have children, which uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be 56 on Monday, so this, those days are long behind me. Um, And I'm very supportive of my own daughter choosing not to have children. And I had so many comments on social media from young women saying, if only my mother could be as understanding as you are. And how do you think I should speak with my parents to explain that I'm not going to have children and they're not going to have grandchildren? And um, I really feel like my generation and yours needs to be supportive of younger people uh, because they're oh, yes. facing a very different world in making this decision well, than, than we did. They used to say a parent's wish is for them to have a better life than you did, okay? But that's becoming untenable. It's not. That's right. And it's, it's the first, anymore. you know, these this generation now, the young generation is the first one to do worse than their parents. Um, and the next one will do even worse because economies will contract as the crisis did deepens. I want to ask you, Miss, did I get the numbers right? This planet, 25,000 miles in circumference. Correct. Like 4,000 in, in diameter. No, 8,000. Okay. It it's, could support like 3.5 billion, and we're up to 7.9 or something. 7.6, I believe. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, I think we're pushing the limit, so to speak. Yes. It's very hard and, to get a parking uh, space. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Paul's a good man. Good caller. So, you know what? Uh, there are those, Laurie, that say you're pessimistic, but you know, I think you're an optimist. I mean, you're taking the trouble to join this group and go out and speak on the radio. If you were really a pessimist, you'd just give up. I you think see, that's you're, right. You're not giving up. I, think I, I mean, that's do you right. feel like you yourself are pessimistic or optimistic? You, do you really have some sort of hope that all the people that don't believe in science now will believe in it all of a sudden uh, and hope that? People will get out of their little rat, little hamster trail and take a look at the big picture and fix it? Uh, I, I wish I was more optimistic about that. I, I, I guess I'm not. And at the same time, what I do want to do with 
whatever spare time and energy I've got uh, when I'm not working at my day job is um, really to help parents who who um, are making decisions about whether or not to have kids and the ones that already do have kids. So I am working on a book about how to raise children during climate change. And I, I just want to use my energy productively because I could sit there and wring my hands about how awful it all is. Uh, I do think it's awful, but I want to do something positive with it. Yeah. Folks, if you don't think that we're in the middle of a mass extinction of mammals and other animals, then you're just not opening your eyes. We're talking mass extinction. It's. I know you don't want to hear that, but that's the fact. And the big island of plastic in the in the Pacific, the all the the seabirds, like not just a few, but a majority of seabirds, plastic in their stomach. It's kind of over, and you might be able to to snatch victory from defeat. But i I don't see I don't see a lot of evidence that people are getting it. No, I'm I just you know I used to work at a radio station. I did the last show there ever. It was a big deal, and I feel like I'm kind of part of the last show on Earth, really. The <laughs> last, and that. Each, I guess every planet has its uh, halcyon days, and uh, ours are dwindling. Prove me wrong, folks. One quick thing. In order to really change things, the U.S. has to use its financial muscle to influence places like China to actually start paying attention to the stuff we are. We're really doing pretty well as a country compared to, say, China. Laurie Day from Birthstrike, hashtag Birthstrike. Thanks so much for coming by and having this conversation. You're welcome. Thank Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.